Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of Two Chicks Talking Biz. This is Bree. And I'm Holly. And today we have special guest Cassie Fox with Fox Welding. Welcome, Cass. Thanks. So we're going to just dive right into the episode today. And before we get started on some deeper questions, Cass, just give us your elevator pitch. Briefly tell us about your business and what made you get into welding and how you got started as this is your profession. All right. Well, uh, I, I think I started welding when I was probably around 12 years old. My grandpa had an old stick welder out there and said, hey, put these two things together, you know, and uh, kind of showed me the, the gist of it. And I took on to it pretty well. After that, I got into, took as many high school classes that, as they had to offer and uh, really enjoyed it. Um, once I turned 18, I needed to make some money. So I actually found a job at a bronze foundry and started working there as a grinder. And they saw that I had some other skills. So I I started practicing my lunch breaks and learned to TIG weld and basically just moved up ever since then. Um, Once I got all that down. uh, You met your beautiful wife and... (laughs) She had to throw that in there. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely did. But then you met me and we moved to California. So once we got to California, they had a really good program that we checked into at Sierra College. Um, I was going to get my associate's degree there. I've taken almost every single class they had offered there also. It's a really good program. Um, And after that, I decided to start my own business. All right. Well, that sounds like a pretty interesting journey. So you used a lot of terms in there, Cass, that I have no idea about, and I'm sure some of our listeners don't. So kind of to recap those things, you said TIG welding, you said, (laughs) I'm pretty sure you said stick and welding, and you said grinder. Can you elaborate (laughs) on those terms for us so that our listeners kind of know and I know what's what's going on? (laughs) So breakout, TIG, MIG, uh, flux, and grinding, and stick. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. So um, we'll start with our our most robust basic kind of welding, which is stick welding. They've been using it for the longest, probably out of all the welding types. Um, you can actually weld with a car battery and jumper cables with stick welding. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so it's a electrode rod. You use electricity, you have a negative and a positive and you melt down some rod basically. Um, the next type is, Probably MIG would be your next easiest. And I always joke that you just point and shoot. Um, it obviously takes a little bit more skill than that, but uh, uh, it's it's an easy process. And then you've got your most daunting welding process, which is uh, TIG welding. Um, it's it's kind of like driving a stick. You know some people that know how to, but... <laughs> Not everyone does. Um, I definitely do not know how to drive a stick. <laughs> Neither does Holly. That is uh, not a thing. <laughs> there was that one time on the back road where I drove perfectly oh, yeah. fine in your I still, I still feel the whiplash. <laughs> 100%. Nope, not a thing. So if that's the level in which we are talking about, that's terrifying. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So, yeah, TIG welding is, is one of the harder ones. It takes a lot of hand-eye coordination, um, but it's also – you're able to weld every type of metal out there. You can weld um, aluminum, steel, stainless, um, bronze, just about everything. 
Um, and then as far as grinding, when I worked at the foundry, it was a, it was literally an awful job. You would stand there at a vise all day with panels clamped into pieces of metal, clamped into a vise, and grind off pieces that were left over from the foundry pour. Oh, I know when Cass has been grinding because she comes home black from head to toe. <laughs> it's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, do not touch anything in my house. <laughs> and with the bronze, I would actually come home green because the more you sweat, the more it oxidizes. So it's <laughs> lovely. So oh. that's that's basically the gist of it. All right. Well, I mean, thank you for giving me some background. I definitely didn't know any of that. So I appreciate it. Um so you had mentioned that you would come to California um, and that I believe you met your wife, Holly, actually Beautiful. in Oregon. Um, and so you've gone back backwards and forwards between Oregon and California, and you've actually had businesses in both, correct? You've had a business in Oregon, you've had a business in California? That is correct. Um, have you noticed any differences or challenges that um, between Oregon versus California, regulations, those types of things? Can you dive into that? Is Oregon easier? Is California harder? I mean, typically California makes things 20 times more complicated, but what is your experience in all of that? You're, you're actually exactly right. So the crazy part is in Oregon with my contractor's license, I, I wasn't expecting it to be super hard, but at least a little difficult. But basically you kind of flip through the book. You make sure that you mark all the pages and it is literally an open book test. I've got my general contractor's oh my license. Goodness. I could build a house. I could weld. I could do plumbing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're very generic in it's, their um, licensings versus California, where they're very specific to the actual thing that you're doing. So in California, you have the, what is it? The C60? Yeah, I have a C60 li license, which only lets me do welding and fabrication. Whereas in Oregon, I could literally build a house, whatever I wanted. Hmm. That's definitely interesting. I know that that's typically something that like people in California, when they hear that they have to get their contractor's license, immediately people kind of draw away from it and are like, nope, I'm not even going down that road. It's too complicated. It's too hard. I mean, I know that it was more complex here in California, but I mean, the overall process of getting your contractor's license here, was that hard or did you find it to be just kind of more daunting and monotonous than actually difficult? Yeah, it, it, it sounds a little more daunting than it is. And I think the biggest thing that helped me is that we found an online course that you can sign up for and they give you all the information you need. And rather than this giant book that you're not sure where to focus at, they have a focalized book that gives you specifically what you need for the actual test. And clearly, if you're getting your contractor's license, You've been in the trade for at least four years. You know what you're doing. Um, so you know most of your stuff for your specific trade. They just want to make sure that you know the rules and regulations to keep your business safe and running and also customers safe. So you can also find on our website the under resources where Cass actually got her contractor's license So and their online program. Awesome. So we have that out there for our listeners if they're interested in that um, and listen to this episode and then go review our resources page to get some more information. So we've kind of talked about um, different aspects of your business going from Oregon, California, contractor's license, 
So, I mean, all of that is giving you the base of being a welder. So you've actually worked in four companies and you've worked for yourself now. Can you kind of describe the differences between the two other than owning and operating your business and all of that entails? But why go from working for somebody else to working for yourself? I've realized um, through working through other people that I really have a high talent for what I do. I mean, people are just blown away by by the product I produce and the, the job that I do. And I, I just thought, you know, I, I can be doing all of this for myself. Um, welders get paid decent, but why not put all that money into my pocket instead of mm-hmm. paying for their bills? So, I mean, that was the biggest thing that, that drove me. It also gives you a flexible schedule. A lot of welders, you have to go work on the line, which is working for the oil companies and like big um, government agencies that put you on the line to weld. And you have to want to be a traveler and having a family that doesn't also work out for for you if you want to settle down in one area. So I think um, the benefits of running your own business kind of contribute to the lifestyle we want to live. Absolutely. Do you think that the you gained value from working with somebody else that's given you a different and unique approach to your business? Um, absolutely. There's there's a lot of things that maybe I picked up from, from jobs that I really like, but there's also an equal amount that I think in my head, I will never run my business like that. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. I think we all have gained that. And that's, I think, why we all go into business for ourselves. We see things in the world that we don't really like or think that they're doing wrong and we can be better about it and make things different. I think that's exactly what has happened in your situation and what we're talking about. So I know that um, we've gotten through that and uh, we've talked about your, your base. We've talked about you opening your business and, you know, so let's kind of dive into the struggles and obstacles that you face. Um, you're a family person. So you have your, your wife and your son and, what has it been like, you know, with that work-life balance as well as like some struggles that you guys have had as a couple owning now a few different businesses and, you know, starting this one, starting a different one, working for another one, consulting over here. So how do you guys balance that out? How do you guys make that work? I know that's a big struggle for a lot of people. A lot of people put it on the plane as like, oh, you got to have kids and then you've got to you know, then start your business or you have to start your business and then have kids and you can't do them simultaneously. So how do you guys make that work? You know, uh, that's, that's exactly right. We, we get into these modes, we call them grind modes and we don't realize what we're doing and we string ourselves out and I've got 20 jobs lined up and I've only got 10 spots open, you know? Um, and what we do is we look at it maybe week over week and sometimes we get in that grind and then we stop and say, what are we doing? How can we make it better? We stop and I'm, I'm a welder. I'm not a numbers. I'm not a scheduler. I'm unorganized as I go out, I get a job done and I do a great job. But as far as planning and scheduling and, and doing that side of it is that's where I run into trouble. So that's where Holly usually picks up for me. (laughs) I would say that I handle all the administration or administrative work for Fox welding. Ah, so, I mean, uh, you guys kind of, work as that yin and yang, that team effort, you know, picking up where 
you leave off and, you know, making sure that you guys have a very successful business. You know, Holly has been doing this for a really long time. And so she understands the administrative side and what needs to happen for a business. So Holly, tell us about your experiences with Fox Welding and the struggles on that side of the business. So to kind of touch back what we were saying earlier, I think it's communication and making sure that uh, we always are trying to improve the business. So like Cass was saying, um, on a weekly, if not a couple of weeks basis, we'll be like, hey, this didn't work. How do we improve it? As an example is Cass the other day, she did a job and she was way over hours and she was like, hey, how can I figure out if I'm being profitable on a job? And so then I went online, went to QuickBooks, purchased another add-on to our software, and now we can track profitability in our system. And Cass can learn from her bad bids, and we can bid properly in the future. And so things like that, we work together and we establish where we can um, improve our business. Um, But so some struggles that we face, I would say, you know, this is the day-to-day life of um, running your own business. You have a job, you you have your day job, and then you have this Fox Welding, and then I have other businesses. So between that and running our household and we have a son, um, life is a little bit crazy. And <laughs> we typically like to get out, so we like to go places and travel, so we just we make it work at the end of the day. We just, <laughs> we it's kind of like a play now and sleep when you're dead kind of thing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. But if we don't work our asses off now, we're not going to be where we want to later. And I'd rather work for myself and enjoy the work that I do than working for the man and working for someone else and basically lining their pockets when I can line our pockets. We, we play the long-term game. Oh, absolutely. I think that that's a big reason why everybody starts a small business. Let alone we have a construction zone of a house. So we <laughs> basically like to flip homes. So we're on like our fourth home um, of flipping. And so it's part of our spare time with what we do. But <laughs> we fit it in. Yep. Yeah. You, you, you figure out your priorities and you make them work no matter what. Whew, I'm exhausted just listening to you guys. I don't know how you guys make it work. Good Lord. Well, I mean, I think that that's really great. And I think you guys have a great dynamic and a great, you know, not just, you know, relationship being together and being spouses, but also a friendship that makes years, it work. <laughs> that makes it work together. And I think that that's really great. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. And, uh, you know, especially struggling with starting a business with your significant other, starting it with a friend, starting it with a family member. I think a lot of people are like, oh, you know, you never go into business with, you know, somebody you're really close to. So what is your guys' approach to that? I think one big thing that helps is identifying roles is that what are, what are, is each other the best at? And then letting them thrive within that is that I might still be good at something, but if Holly's better then by all means, I should let her handle that. And, and then obviously with the time scheduling, that kind of thing is, do you actually have time, even though you're the best at it, are you going to be able to have the time to get that done? Uh, But we, when we step on each other's toes, it's because we're stepping out of our identified roles is, is probably the biggest thing. I agree. Hmm. It's definitely an interesting role. An interesting thought. I don't think a lot of people um, realize I think when people enter a business together they want to 
you know, control every part of it and be a part of, you know, every little entity of it. So I think it's really great that you guys have identified what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are, because overall, I mean, that's what businesses have to do and they have to do constantly, right? They have to perform SWOT analysis, right? Find your strengths, find your weaknesses, your opportunities and your threats. So for you guys to already have your strengths and your, your weaknesses identified just within your dynamic and your relationship as well as your business relationship, I think that's very strong and I think it's a great piece of advice for our listeners. So Cass is the talent and basically I do everything else. I do the phone calls, I do the accounting, I do the marketing, I do everything besides her actually welding and bidding jobs. So um, we kind of break out our strengths and weaknesses there. Um, and it's been very helpful in our business. Successful, very successful. So in our last episode, um, which actually came out this week too, Hiring the Right Team, we talked about your guys' internal struggle, well, Holly's internal struggle between hiring an employee to handle the ad- basic administrative work and not hiring the employee. Where are, you guys, where are you guys on that level right now? So right now, our biggest struggle is the administrative side where answering the phone. So my thing is that it takes up a lot of my time. I am running a business typically. And so answering the phone call all for her business is kind of interrupting my day. So trying to get someone to do that job would be beneficial. But my biggest struggle with it is that hiring the person, they will not know anything about welding. And so, oh, I bid the call when it comes in. Someone calls and they say, hey, my fence, I need to re-weld a latch. And I'm like, okay, that's typically an hour. I can bid that easily. Not everybody can just be hired on um, and be a receptionist to know how to do that. You have to have skills. You have to know the welding industry. And I have learned the welding industry through you for the last 12 years. So I have a lot of knowledge where it would be really hard to replace me to answer the phone. Definitely. (laughs) When we first met, Hollywood say, Tig, pig, mig, jig, jig welding. And I'm like, no, Holly, <laughs> no, look close. <laughs> try. Now she knows it. She's got it down. But so we struggle with that is finding whoever has the time to answer the phone. Some days Cass answers the phone. Other days I'm answering the phone, depending upon how our schedules work. Um, but it's one of our biggest struggles, I think. Definitely. Uh, speaking of obstacles and struggles, I think the elephant in the room, we're going to talk about it, right, is COVID-19. We have a bonus episode that's going to be released here in the next week to talk about SBA loans and our our interaction with COVID-19. How has uh, COVID actually affected your business? So actually, it's kind of crazy, but our business has gotten better. We have more people calling us because um, people are scared of looting and they want to make sure that their fences and their properties are well secured. So we've actually seen an increase in business instead of a decrease. And since we are construction, we're part of the infrastructure. So we're considered an essential business and we've been doing pretty well. Um, Cass, how has it been going out in the field during all of this? You know, uh, to be honest, like uh, most of the people have been pretty respectful. Uh, All of my jobs, I ask if they've been sick and, and in, contrary they asked the same and and obviously i'm not going out there trying to get anybody sick but 
um, everybody's been pretty very honest and upfront and um, respectful. Is unfortunately there's no more handshakes, which makes it a really awkward for me. Uh, I'm I come from the old school stage where you you shake anybody's hand that you meet. Um, some you know once in a while you do the elbow bump. If it's the older guys, they've got to do something, you know, <laughs> and, and I respect that. Um, I, I do carry hand sanitizer, face masks. I've, I mean, I've got the whole works, but everybody has been really good about giving space and and keeping that barrier. So it, it really hasn't been too bad for me. It's awesome that you guys have seen an uptick in your guys' business. How have you been handling that um, influx of business? Try to just make it day by day. I have seen her twice this week. No. <laughs> well, the thing for us, too, is we use, um, what is it, Home Advisor? Yeah. So we pay Home Advisor to give us leads. So you go online and you say, hey, I need my fence welded. You go to um, Home Advisor. They hook you up directly with us. So we pay for that lead. And so... Every single day, we get between 8 and 10 leads a day. And so we have to decipher through those leads and just basically schedule people out accordingly. So we are probably booked up for three weeks, four weeks out. But um, the nice part about that is um, we're able to pause them too. So I actually have recently just paused them because um, I don't want to tell a customer, no, I cannot weld that. <laughs> so or right I tell now, them uh, it will be two months before I get yeah, to Yeah, right exactly. Now. That's that's not acceptable. So um, we've paused them for the moment, but as soon as I get a decent break, hopefully this influx of you know COVID disastrous people breaking into houses goes away, uh, we might get back to regular business. Well, I think that's been awesome. I mean, that's I mean, you guys talked about Home Advisor. Um, do you guys have any, you know, insights into using that for how successful, not successful? Has it been easy to use? Kind of give us some feedback um, for some of our listeners. Um, for, for me, uh, they actually give a lot of quality leads. I'm not sure what kind of um, filters they go through to, to make sure that these people are the correct type of people to be sending me. But I would say 95% of the customers are ready to get a job done is that I talk some numbers, they talk it over. And most of the time I'm out there within the week, if not the week after that. And so in the other side of it, that other percentage, um, we get bad leads. We're allowed to do um, credits and they go review the credit. As an example, the other day, Cass gets a woman who wants to put fencing up on her property, but she doesn't own the property and <laughs> she owns part of the property. So well, Cass is, liability reason she can't just go put up a fence on someone's property when you don't own the full property so she wrote that back to home advisor and they credited her for that lead because she can't perform the duties that they're requiring right and so um it they're really good about that yeah well that's good that, i mean that's great i think that a lot of people who are looking to use that program i think that's some great feedback um, for that, what other programs or infrastructure stuff that do you guys use for the business? I know that's more of a Holly question. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Holly, what are, what are you currently using to make um, Fox Welding successful? So we use Home Advisor. We use Angie's List. We also use House. We also do uh, search engine optimization. So anytime that you Google uh, mobile welder from Placer County, Sac County, 
Um, Nevada County, El Dorado County, we are the number one mobile welder. So basically, if you put in mobile welding, you will find us in the Northern California area. So that is mostly what we do. We also do AdWords. So if you're looking up welder, uh, mobile welder, um, TIG, MIG, JIG, just kidding. <laughs> um, or PASA. Yeah. <laughs> um, you will find us on there. So you can find um, our Cass's website is foxwelding.com. It's fox-welding.com. Nice. Um, I think that's, I think that's really great. That's awesome. What do you guys think was your, to get to that level, what do you, and just the marketing side, the optimization using home advisory, what do you think the approximate startup cost was for that? Just uh, curious for our listeners. So total investment. Okay. So house doesn't cost you anything. Angie's list and home advisor costs you. I think to start was two fifty, and they credit you two fifty towards leads. So basically, your two fifty is getting you in the door and getting um, two hundred fifty dollars worth of leads. So leads can be between uh, fifteen dollars and sixty dollars, depending upon the size of the project. But um, it, Cass is doing jobs that are. I don't know, $4,000 to $10,000 jobs. So oh, a $60 lead is not horrible. Um, so the, there's that. Then there's um, just marketing online. So Google AdWords, we probably spend about $150 to $200 a month to be your first um, person on the top of the list. And basically in an hour, I'll have that paid off for the month, so it's well worth it. Very good. <laughs> so. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. That's pretty much it. So it could be a call. Marketing is probably one of the biggest expenses for us that we spend between, uh, well, marketing and a lead generation. We probably spend between, I don't know, that's 200 and probably $400 a month. So we're looking at $600 in uh, marketing and lead generation. Wow. Uh, I mean, other than equipment costs, because I'm sure that equipment is not cheap. But <laughs> we don't have month-over-month equipment costs. Those things were bought up front when we started the business. But um, you do have to pay for um, the rods and the grinder pads. Yeah, and I have I have overhead. basic consumables and things like that. But as is a percentage, like we're talking a couple percents. You know? Yeah. It's it's not much. All right. Well, I think that's some great information. I'm going to ask the question, get a little political here. You guys are two <laughs> two women working in a male-dominated field. I mean, have you guys seen the effects of that on your business at all? You know, uh, it's crazy because you would think that maybe there's more of a negative thing. Um, but out of probably two, three hundred people, I might have one guy that has to grill me and ask me my credentials and, and ask me if I really know how to weld that. Um, but it's normally the reversed effect of, Oh my gosh, you're a girl. That is so cool. Like, how do you, where did you learn to do that? Like, and, and they're really excited for it and, and open and, and just wanting to see what I can do, you know? And, and at the end of the day, my, uh, my skills really shine when I finish a job. And so that's where it, they 
it doesn't matter to people. The day and age we live in, they really don't care as long as you can get the job done. Thanks. Ollie, you don't see any effects of that? I know you're on the phone, on the phone side, so I would think no. that you would probably get grilled a little bit more on the on the phone side of it. But no, you're not seeing that? I do not see it. At the end of the day, people, um, I'm just answering the call. I'm saying, hey, someone will be out there. It's going to take this time frame. So I typically don't get that side of it. I think the, the funniest thing that I hear over the phone is uh, – I talk to them and they say, okay, well, uh, when, when your guys get out there, are they, are they gonna, you know, do the job this way? And <laughs> I, I kind of laugh and say, no, 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 I, I, am the one that's going to be out there welding. And then they, oh, okay. And I don't, <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to offend. That's not anybody's intentions, but it's just hilarious to stump them like that, you know? <laughs> No, absolutely. I think that those kind of conversations would probably be pretty funny to be a fly on the wall and <laughs> hear those realization moments. But that's awesome that you guys haven't seen the effects of that. You know, I think that some, you know, there may be some woman welder out there thinking that she can't, you know, do it. And so I think it's really great and empowering that here's two women that are running in a welding business in Northern California in a sleepy little town that, you know, can be on the more conservative side. So I think that's really empowering. And I think it's a good message that can go out there to some of our listeners and our listener base. So appreciate you guys answering that question. Um, so, I mean, we've talked a lot about your start, where you guys are now. Let's talk about your future. What do you ultimately want for your business? Uh, for for me, uh, I don't want it to be a multi-millionaire giant mm -hmm. corporation by any means. Is that I I I like to be humble and small and okay, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so I mean, ideally, what are we looking at? Couple, two, three employees, and obviously, I still want to work in the trade. I'm getting older. I'm falling apart. Okay, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not that old, but. <laughs> um, I think that at, you just want to do something that you love and do it at your time, your speed, and be part or have a team that you can guide or show them the field and have them be able to advance in their skills, but through your company. And you're not looking at being a, this big conglomerate, but you are looking to, you know, not just the fencing and the repair and the fabrication it's getting to that level of the engineer side of it you have a knack for engineering and I think that adding that to our portfolio would be something that you would want in the future definitely and one of the bigger perks of owning your own business and having employees is uh having that more flexible schedule is that we grind like no other we and what i mean by grind is we work from the time that the sun's up until the time that the sun's down and then we put in a few more hours after that um so <laughs> just having a little more time to stop and smell the roses and but still know that you your company is able to run without just you is that that's that's kind of what we're we're looking for ideally agreed um, retirement. We want to have a retirement where that you go and you do the um, work that you love, but you're not required to be there 80 hours a week. I, yeah. And again, I don't think I explained exactly how much I love to weld, but like if I had free time 
and I didn't have anything else going on, I'd be out in my shop building stuff. Like, I am so into welding, it's ridiculous. So, But the fact that I get paid for it and is even more of a perk, you know? So I think that kind of gives you a glimpse of what we want in the future. Yeah, so following your passion, following your dream, and try to make, you know, that dream your daily life. I think that's ultimately what a lot of people come to the U.S. for. That's what people always strive for. Um, you know, I think as millennials, too, we struggle with the fact that, you know, our parents and our grandparents, you know, they got pensions and they got these awesome retirement programs and they have these, you know, other things that our generation doesn't have anymore. And I don't think that people understand how much we have to grind and we have to put in the work to understand what and to achieve what we want and to have that retirement that we really are looking for. I don't think people realize how much I think as a generation, we look into that future and say, hey, I'm not going to have social security. I'm not going to have, you know, certain pensions, unlike my wife, who actually works for the county. So she's <laughs> the exemption to the rule. But um, most of us, you know, who work for, you know, other companies, we want to have our own businesses that we can retire off of and live off of and be able to have the flexibility to schedules we want as well as, you know, be able to live <laughs> and, and actually retire and have money to live off of when we get older right working in towers 80 years old mm -hmm. right working a full-time job doing something that I love for part of the week would be enough to get me through right and to you know me I have to be doing all sorts of stuff but <laughs> um but also be able to be part of our son and potentially your future children's life a little bit more than the daily grind where you only see them for three to four hours a day except for on the weekend and being able to drive them to school and going to um, their field trips and participating in school is something that we want to do so we grind and we will grind to make sure that we can give our kid a bit, our kid, I guess it's not plural <laughs> yet, but uh, in the future, you know. Ooh, we got some things. dish right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Silence. It's out there for everybody to hear now. Uh, but the, I think that's great that you guys are thinking about your futures and thinking about, you know, your kids, your grandkids, potential future children as we just, you know, new release. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, I think that that's a great thing. And I think that, um, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, Fox Welding and we've talked about what Cass's passion and all this. And I think, Holly, you doing this as the administrative side um, for Fox Welding has actually awakened a passion in you through conversations that you and I had and how that led to the Biz Squad. Yeah, so after Cass and I have been running this business for so long, it, there was just this knack that I have for certain things. And in a conversation with Bree, we were just like, we can um, give other small business entrepreneurs the um, skills and the experiences that we have gone through from running a multi-million dollar company to um, a startup company that can really help people and that's our um, business the biz squad but also doing this podcast being able to bring information to people so they can hear that you know it's not as hard as people truly believe if you just put time and energy behind your business, you can get it off the ground. And 
I think Bree and I love that small business sector and helping someone to literally get their business off of the ground and help promote that business in any shape, fashion, or form. Absolutely. It's a, it's a passion, right? You know, it's a passion to go into a small business and find creative ways to help them either pivot during a disaster or a pandemic or pivot in a moment where things aren't working or find different ways to make things succeed that were failing in the past. You know, it could be a a tweak of a label. It could be a tweak in an application. It could be something infrastructure wise that needs to be changed, targeting a different market, social media. It could be different things. And we have that, you know, knowledge to kind of identify where we think we can make things change and make that business be successful. So kind of how we said, or I said about Cass earlier, is the talent and having all the other skills. Bree and I complement each other on having all the other skills that um, the administrative side needs. And so we like to help entrepreneurs, especially, come to market because they have the talent and we just put them out there. And um, that sometimes can be really fun for us. As we said earlier, <laughs> as we said earlier, um, Holly and Mind's passion is like the boring part of the job yeah. that nobody really wants to do, and so we're here to help anybody do it. I love it. <laughs> I geek out on it. Oh, totally, totally. Um, so, Cass, I think um, before we sign off here, what would be your piece of advice for somebody who's looking to start a welding company or a construction company? What What would be that little nugget of advice that you have for them? I mean. At this point, I, I would say if, if you can, I know a lot of the contractors and trades, we're really hands-on. We don't do the paperwork and the research and all of that kind of stuff. I mean, that is the hardest part, but it's also the biggest part that can make you successful. So try to try to find a resources, whether you go with the biz squad. I mean, you got to find somebody that's that yang to your yang. All right. Well, that's our episode. We thank you again for listening. Please remember to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Holly, what can they expect next time from Two Chicks Talking Biz? Next time on Two Chicks Talking Biz, we will be talking about system infrastructures and our favorite programs and how to save you money on your startup. We will see you next time. Squad Squad out. out.